Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. Vice President Lenny Robredo and more than 30 other people are facing criminal charges, chief among them the crime of inciting to sedition. The complaint was filed by the PNP Criminal Investigation and Detection Group or the CIDG. Let's take some time to understand what's at stake. First of all, ano nga ba ang sedition and how is this different from inciting to sedition? What does sedition consist of? Ang, ang sedition, kailangan, there is a rising up publicly. Grupo ng tao, medyo magulo yung pag-alsa, pero walang armas. So, no arms, pero nag-alsa. Isang grupo ng tao, at may political objectives, yung pag-aalsa. That's attorney Ted Te, who does a podcast with Puma Podcast, Ted Talks, explaining to us what the law says. Kasama sa political objectives, to prevent a popular election from taking place, to prevent a law from being promulgated, to prevent the government from exercising its functions, to inflict an act of hate or revenge upon the person of a public officer or employee, to commit any act of hate against a private person. But for inciting to sedition, you don't need to actually achieve those objectives. See, inciting to sedition is basically someone telling a group of people, you should do that. You should do any of those objectives without sedition actually happening. Nanghihikayat. That's, that's actually the term in Filipino. Alam mo, dapat mag-alsa kayo at dapat magprotesta kayo. Oh, dapat magalit kayo dyan. The sedition charges are in connection with the Ang Totoong Narcolist videos in the clips, Peter Advincula, uh, alias Bicoy, claims that the Duterte family is involved in the illegal drug trade. Authorities have questioned his credibility after his request for legal aid was denied by the Integrated Bar of the Philippines, Advincula surrendered to the CIDG. Since then, he has flipped his story. He now says his accusations against President Duterte and his allies are fake. According to Advincula, he was instructed by Liberal Party supporters to fabricate the accusations. The Liberal Party, of course, and the Vice President are again questioning precisely Advincula's credibility. Last week, President Duterte laid out his midterm achievements in his State of the Nation address. But what of the Vice President, Vice President Lenny Robredo? What has she accomplished and what has she been up to? Well, the Vice President has been spearheading the office of the Vice President's Angat Buhay program. Its main mandate is to fight poverty. According to the program's website, about 79,000 families have been served. The scope of the program currently covers over 140 areas across the country. 
According to Robredo, she intends to go beyond the ceremonial role of her office. Here is the Vice President explaining the program in her radio show, Biserbisong Leni. Yung pag-conceptualize ng angat buhay, hindi pa, hindi pa kami nanunumpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, pinag-isipan na namin na magkaroon ng flagship program yung opisina kasi sabi namin, ayaw naman natin na anim na taon, mm-hmm. ceremonial lang yung ginagawa natin. For her first three years in office, the Vice President highlights achievements in several key areas such as resettlement of displaced communities, disaster resilience, mental and physical health, education, and support for farmers. In particular, Vice President Robredo has made strides in the rehabilitation of Marawi. But she says much is still needed to help communities fully recover. Sa katunayan ka, Eli, hanggang ngayon, uh, babad pa din tayo sa Marawi. Bahagi pa ito ng DRR na pagtulong natin. Patungkol naman to sa rehabilitasyon, mm-hmm. uh, yung mga temporary housing para doon sa mga nasa evacuation centers. Nung nakaraang taon, nag-bless na tayo, nag na tayo ng 60 houses. Nung June, nag-inaugurate tayong another 12. Ano yung ating pinaka-target? Isandaan. Ang problema lang talaga ka, Eli, yung lupa. Mm-hmm. Yung pera para sa mga pabahay, meron na. Yung problema talaga yung lupa. All gaming activities, yung gambling uh, that got the franchise from government through PCSO are, uh, as of today, uh, suspended or terminated because of massive corruption. Uh, wala magawa. I have to do it. Last week, President Duterte terminated the gaming franchises under the Philippine Charity Sweepstakes Office, or the PCSO. While the ban on lotto games was lifted this week, other activities like small-town lottery and kino are still banned. According to Malacanang, PCSO has been under-declaring its incomes from government-sanctioned gamings. There are also allegations that many of the games are rigged. Poro dayaan lahat at yung mga kontrata ay drafted in favor of corruption and to favor other corporations and people. I will not allow it. Meanwhile, many low-income families and indigent patients rely on PCSO for medical subsidies. Last year, PCSO spent over 18 billion pesos on charity operations. Malacanang is suggesting that PAGCOR can potentially step in for the provision of health and medical assistance. Malacanang, in the meantime, is promising to reveal more about the alleged corruption in the PCSO in the coming weeks. That is why I add mine to their voices in asking Congress to pass legislation ending the practice of contractualization once and for all. In his 2018 SONA, President Duterte called on Congress to prioritize a law to end contractualization, to end ENDO. Last week, however, President Duterte vetoed that very proposal. That's another strike against one of President Duterte's campaign promises. Labor groups are still hopeful that the security of tenure bill will eventually be passed in one form or another. But after certifying it as urgent, why was the bill vetoed? 
According to the President's veto letter, there is need to clarify the sweeping definition of labor-only contracting in the bill. The letter says such an interpretation could prevent a healthy balance between labor and management interests. The President also said that there are legitimate job contracting practices that should be allowed, especially in cases where, quote, job contracting will result in economy and efficiency in operations with no detriment to the workers, end quote. The Department of Labor and Employment is planning to draft a different version of the bill. However, its main proponent, Senator Joel Villanueva, already refiled the exact same bill a few days ago. Sabi po dun sa veto message, dapat malinaw kung ano yung labor-only contracting at saka job contracting. Yun po yung ginawa natin at sinunod natin. Sapagkat naniniwala din tayo na hindi naman po pwedeng totally ban natin yung job contracting. That's the sound of Hong Kong police beating protesters in Yuenlong Station in Hong Kong. Protests in the island continue to rage almost two months after it began. With violence erupting almost on a weekly basis, Beijing has issued its first-ever official statement on the Hong Kong protests. Speaking through the Hong Kong and Macau Affairs Office, Beijing reiterates its support for Chief Executive Carrie Lam and it is calling for, quote, punishment to violent criminals, close quote. Beijing is also praising Hong Kong authorities for how they have so far handled the volatile situation. Here's a clip from China Global Television Network. We understand the huge pressure facing the Hong Kong police and their families, and would like to salute the Hong Kong police who have been fearlessly sticking to their posts and fulfilling their duties against all odds. The spokespersons, however, did not say anything about a direct intervention by Beijing. Still, observers are wondering, could this public statement signal a turning point? Many pro-democracy supporters in Hong Kong seem to think so, but not for the better. At the moment, there's a very peaceful and orderly demonstration in, uh, at the Hong Kong uh, International Airport arrival hall. Uh, all the demand is to the withdrawal of the uh, controversial extra, extradition uh, bill. And actually, in fact, uh, you feel free to talk to them and try to know more about Hong Kong if you want to. And uh, last but not least, Hong Kong and Cabin crew, 30 minutes to landing. Thank you. Last June, President Duterte signed into law the Mental Health Act, or RA-11036. Mental health advocates praise the move as a step in the right direction, but there's a lot of work ahead, especially for children's mental health. There are only about 60 certified child psychiatrists in the Philippines. We spoke with renowned child and adolescent psychiatrist Dr. Cornelio Banaag to get a wider appreciation of the situation. Mga psychiatrists nga na certified is no more than 600, you know. And you have a population of 110 million. And if only 10% has problems, that's a whole lot. And the child psychiatrist is no more than 62, I think, for the whole Philippines. That's why I'm still pushing, pushing hard to develop more, to train more. 
The already high demand for mental health services is still rising, says Dr. Banag. Meanwhile, supply of qualified mental health professionals has long been lagging. But with the passage of the Mental Health Act, Dr. Banag says there is reason to be optimistic. We were very glad. We, the professionals, are very happy that we now have a mental health law. Well, we are now in the process of doing the, we have done the implementing rules and regulations, and now we are going to work on how do you implement this now. Training more professionals is not the only solution. Dr. Banaag believes mental awareness should start early in school, complemented with mental health services to go all the way up to college. One, there will be more and more education starting even from grade school levels. We were pushing for more and more uh, psychologists as counselors in schools and well, more mental health awareness and then provisions of services in primary, secondary, and tertiary levels to be funded hopefully by the Department of Health or some other sources of funding. Catch more of that discussion in our new show, Conversations with Randy David. We'll be releasing that soon. We were directed to come up with, you know, with some proposals. And that is the reason why under Secretary Anna Johnny and as Assistant Secretary Benjo have been uh, given the task of coming up with a advice or uh, a new formulation of the security of the new bill. That was Department of Labor Secretary Silvestre Bello on the fate of the security of tenure bill, the same bill that we discussed just a while ago. There is some good news as we wait for that bill to pass. Experts see a rise in job hiring for the rest of 2019. About 67% of Filipino employers are highly optimistic about growing their teams. This, according to RGF International Recruitment's Talent in Asia report. That report contains an analysis of employment trends across 11 Asian countries, including the Philippines. According to that report, over 78% of employers are overwhelmingly positive about growth outlook for the local workforce. Key industries examined were healthcare and life sentences, industry, technology, internet and communications, consumer and retail, and financial services. Filipino employers, however, are grappling with three main hiring challenges. There's a shortage in talent, low hiring budgets, and company culture mismatches. To address these issues, companies are revamping several aspects of their businesses. These interventions include compensation packages, training content, and employee engagement. Before we let you go, here's something you should know, something you probably already have heard. U2 is indeed coming to Manila. They will be performing live at the Philippine Arena on December 11. Thanks to MMI, that's Music Management Incorporated, they will be having their first ever Philippine concert. Tickets will be on pre-sale for U2.com subscribers from September 1 to 3. Smart pre-sale will be on September 4. 
public sale of tickets will begin on September 5 from 10 a.m. onwards. Go to smtickets.com for your tickets. At yan po ang Puma Podcast for the latest episode. Subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Maraming maraming salamat po. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.